We should come to Scripture and ask ourselves, am I making God's commands the central focus of my heart? Am I doing that? And how can I do that more? Because as I do that more, I think we do experience abundance in all kinds of ways. Abundance in our relationships, abundance in our joy, abundance in our peace. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. I'm Nicole Eunice. I'm the host of How to Study the Bible, and it's been a great break for the last few weeks, but I have been looking forward to this moment where I just get to open the word with you, my friends, and look for God's encouragement for us in this season and really just discover together how God speaks to us through his word as he continually does. It's so incredible, even as we look at a few familiar passages in the next couple weeks, how God uses even familiar things in new ways when we open our hearts in faith and ask him to speak to us. So before we get into today, I want to let you know about something that my friends and I have been working on that we're so excited to join with you in this fall. We are going to be studying the book of Romans together for the whole thing, like the whole 16 chapters, 16 weeks of Romans together starting September 6th. And we want to bring our community together. So we have some options for you to really ground your heart in God's word. What I love about the book of Romans is it's this incredible, ultimate sort of exposition of what the gospel really means for us, um, how God's holiness and God's grace come together to transform our hearts. It is so rich and so good. And if you've been looking for a way to reprime your faith or perhaps for the first time truly understand God's plan for the world and God's plan for you, then I'm very excited to invite you to join us. If you want to get some friends together, you can use this podcast as sort of your weekly teaching. And then we we are also going to be joining together as a community. We have a weekly reading plan that we're going to be sending you, as well as a Facebook group where we can provide encouragement and conversation among us. So all you need to do to be part of that is head to NicoleUnis.com slash Romans, and there you'll find all the information about our Romans group. Of course, my friends, you can just listen to the podcast. You can subscribe and get it every week. But if you want to take it to the next level, then go over to that page and check out these options for you completely free, an opportunity for you to say, hey, I'm part of this team. (laughs) I'm part of this community. And I want to be committed in the fall to really um, opening God's word each and every week and doing some study and discovery for myself. So you can go to NicoleUnis.com slash Romans to learn more about that. And guys, I am excited to meet you, to see your names, and to learn a little bit more about you. I will be over on that Facebook group frequently. So that is coming up. Mark your calendars for September 6th. So before we get into that, um, we just have a few weeks before that, and we're already preparing uh, for what that's going to be and how we're going to lead you through the book. But in the midst of that, I also feel like I wanted to just get back to the basics and bring you through just a, a little bit of a technique, very, very simple using the Alive Method. For different times where perhaps you're feeling a little discouraged or you're feeling some feelings and you want to bring your feelings into God's presence and how might you do that and how might God meet you in that. So over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how to be met with truth when we're confused 
And then next week, we're going to talk about how to be met with truth when we're scared. And then the next week, how to be met with truth when we are angry. So I'm looking forward to opening those up for you. And today we're going to talk about how do we look to God's truth when we are confused. Boy, is it a confusing time. (laughs) I have to laugh because I, you know, I talk with lots of different pastors and folks and radio hosts and whoever, like people out there in the world. I just get to talk to a lot of people. And one of the things that I hear that I hear myself saying and that I hear so many other people saying is I've never experienced a time like this in my lifetime. You know, we're all kind of like bewildered. I've never experienced a time like this in my lifetime. And It can be a time where the voices out there, voices that claim authority, voices um, that love to promote fear and, and just scarcity and threatening like horizon of news just is so, so loud that we can really find ourselves drifting off the path of God's word and God's way for our life. And that's understandable because those voices are myriad and they are loud and they are persistent and they show up every single time we flick on a device and perhaps in all of your conversations as well. So when you compare, if you had a scale and you weighed out the amount of time that you consume content, the news that comes through whatever, your social media feed, the conversations that you're having with your neighbors, your TV screens, your computer screens. If you put all of that on one scale, just on one side, and then on the other side, you put your spiritual connection, your time in the word, your time with worship, your time with quiet and with prayer. Most of us, including me, everyone, by far, by far, the scale is weighing so heavily on all of that other content, right? Because life is busy and we are busy people. So what I want to do over the next three weeks is just find a way to particularly, I love to say in the morning because it's before you get into your day, but take that time to grab that 10 or 15 minutes with the Alive Method and really just do the basic stuff of reorienting your heart each and every day to God's word first as a priority, to God's way first as a priority. Because what that lets you do, and because God's word in the economy of truth weighs much more heavily, I hope, in your heart than all of that other stuff, God's word will balance out those scales so that you can have wisdom and perspective while you're receiving and consuming all of this news and all of this information that's coming your way, all the decisions that we all have to face right now in our life, just little decisions and big decisions that seem to be coming our way. So if you want to turn with me in your Bible, we're going to be in Proverbs 3 today, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12, which is a big chunk, but I want to just walk through how we might take on a half of a chapter of Proverbs in the morning um, as we are entering into our day. So I'm going to read it to you. I want to invite you to just take a deep breath. And if you haven't yet today, just receive God's word for you. If you just want to quiet your heart for a minute and say, thank you, God, that you are God and that I am not. Thank you, God, that you provide wisdom and direction. And that allows that confusion to, to sort of settle a little bit. And we're looking to place our eyes on Jesus where we find clarity. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. 
Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Okay, let's just take that for a minute. All of that that we've read and we just we have our live method framework that we can use. Very simple. Our first question is, what does it say? So when we're asking, what does it say? We're looking at this and obviously we can in some ways, this can feel like a fortune in a fortune cookie, like several fortunes in a fortune cookie put together. But of course, we know this isn't a fortune. This isn't a man-made prophecy or axiom. This is God's word being delivered to us about wisdom for daily living. But in the midst of that, we see these sort of couplets, right, where there's kind of a command, and then there is a uh, result of that command. So if I were you and I had my piece of paper in front of me, I would probably be making a chart. And on that chart, I would put what's the command on one side and what's sort of the principle of the fruit of that command on the other side. Okay. So, and then of course, we're asking questions. When we're doing what does it say, we are going to expect that we have questions of scripture. So we've got six commands in here. I'm going to run through them really quick for you. You can underline them in your Bible or write them down. The first one is what? Do not forget my teaching keep my commands in your heart, okay? And I think that's sort of our overarching, that's almost our umbrella command. And then we've got sub-commands under that. So the the overarching thought that we see in this chapter, when we're sort of outlining what does it really say, we're asking the question, okay, don't forget my teaching, keep these commands in your heart. Now here come the commands, right? So here's the first one. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Second one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Third one, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fourth one, honor the Lord with your wealth. Fifth one, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Okay? So we've got that. I said it was six. It's kind of six, but I sort of... I re- I regraphed it on my own piece of paper. So if you're graphing it on your own piece of paper, you do it the way it works for you. But as I was saying it, I'm like, oh, but the first one really is the umbrella command. That's like the foundational concept. If you're, you know, what I write down next to that is like, if I don't want to remember this teaching, if I don't want to keep these commands in my heart, then forget the rest of it. Like I've got to decide first that I want to remember this, that I want to settle this into my heart, that I'm receiving these things as commands for my life. And then I've got those sub-commands that come after that. And alongside of each of those commands, we have these principles that go with them, right? So the very first one says, this will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. The first question I write down is, what does prosperity mean in this context? Are we talking about money? And also, I'm like, question mark, question mark, because... 
I know some really faithful people whose lives have not been prolonged. So of course, I'm asking the question, is this literal? Like, is this is this a if then sort of vending machine experience of God? Like, if I do these things, then I'm guaranteed to have these things. Now, if you are a student of the word, you know that that is not the overarching theme of scripture. And that's one of the things that we do when we interpret the Bible, is we interpret the Bible by itself. Like, the Bible informs the Bible. Scripture informs Scripture. So when we see something that feels like an outlier and we're like, wait a second, how, what else do I know from Scripture? When we get into what does this mean, we're going to ask those questions. So right now I'm writing that question. Does this mean I should expect my life to be prolonged? And then I've got my next one, right, coming, let love and faithfulness never leave you, right? And it says you'll win favor, that you're going to have favor in the eyes of God and man. That's the the fruit of that love and faithfulness being central to your life, bound around your neck, written on the tablet of your heart. I love the phrase tablet of your heart. So I also underlined that. I want to spend a little more time on that. And then I'm looking for the fruit of command three, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is the one where he says he will make your paths straight. This is my arrow, like sort of fundamental concept that we're exploring when we're feeling confused is that I have a promise from God that if I am confused, he will make my paths straight. So I'm like underlining that big time and I want to explore that more. It says, don't be wise in your own eyes. And then the fruit of that is it will bring health to your body. Honor the Lord with your wealth. It goes on to say the first fruits of all your crops and your barns will be filled. So I want to write, I'm sort of, again, what does this really mean? Is this is this a prosperity gospel? Is this abundance mean that I'm going to have material abundance? Because um, of course, that isn't true for everyone. So what does that really mean? And then of course, the last command, do not despise the Lord's discipline. And I love that the fruit of this is that you know that you're loved. Like it actually says, if the Lord is disciplining you, see that as a sign that he delights in you and that he loves you. And so I wrote that as my last thing. So what does it say? I've outlined the piece. So I make sure I've kind of sunk it into my heart. And then the next question is, what's the backstory? And this is where we start to answer some of these questions, right, about what is really going to happen. Is this really true? Is prosperity always material? Well, what we know, and it even says it in our study notes, it, it, it actually helps us see that there are other places in scripture where this is not an axiom that's completely like a conditional promise. If you do this, then you will have that, right? So we got to hold that loosely and kind of look at how there is suffering that is a part of our life, but there is also blessing that is a part of our life. And perhaps we want to explore a little bit more what prosperity can look like, because the way that Jesus lived his life, he clearly said, if you will follow me, you will deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. But what I love about that passage in Mark chapter eight is he sort of calls to this idea what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? So the way I put that together with prosperity is we need to make sure that we're thinking through the idea of spiritual prosperity, that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about what it really means to be blessed. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, that there is a spiritual blessing that comes when we are willing to take on God's commands and live in God's way. And so this idea of having our lives prolonged, having prosperity, yes, in some cases that may 
may be true. But in other cases, you can also experience suffering that isn't related to sin, suffering that is a part of your life as you live a godly life. And we have to be okay with both of those. However, sometimes we also suffer because of sin that we are living in, because of our own sin patterns, because of persistent pride, persistent greed, persistent selfishness. And we should come to scripture like this and ask ourselves, am I making God's commands the central focus of my heart? Am I doing that? And how can I do that more? Because as I do that more, I think we do experience abundance in all kinds of ways. Abundance in our relationships, abundance in our joy, abundance in our peace. So let's not lose that context in the midst of asking that question, what's the backstory? Then we talked about writing on the tablet of your heart in verse three. And what I love about this is this is a call out to a promise that God is making. That when he wrote the tablets, um, you know, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses in the book of Exodus, we learn about the Ten Commandments giving, being given to Moses on tablets of stone. God actually wrote them on stone and Moses brought them back to God's chosen people to say, this is the way that God would have us to live. But later in scripture, there's a prophecy in Ezekiel that says you'll no longer have those laws written in stone. They'll be written on your heart. Like you're going to know them in your heart. So I love the connection of this. When we look at this command, let love and faithfulness be like on the tablet of your heart, because here is a little clue that's leading us to this thread that we see all through scripture, Old Testament and New Testament of God's grace. That through Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, we receive the grace of God, which places the law, the law of love upon our hearts. And that's how we live it out. But this is written, you know, back before Jesus walked on earth. And so we, we just can marvel and worship at God's way of writing this incredible story through his whole scripture, Old Testament and new. And wow, isn't that amazing that we would write love and faithfulness on our heart and that that will lead to favor with God. And that favor with God, as we live that out, we'll also see favor with men. Will it be all men? No. Does it mean we won't have trouble? No. But again, these aren't 100% conditional statements because we know that's not how God works, but they are axioms. They are principles. In general, what you're going to experience in general is as you live out God's way for your life, as you are humble, as you are kind, as you are honest, as you are compassionate, yes, you will win favor with men. Not every man, because not every man is looking for good and looking to move toward good. But there are many, many, many people out there who, when they experience the faithfulness of God-fearing believers who live their lives with integrity, with forgiveness, with compassion, with grace, they are attracted to that. They are attracted to the Jesus in you because of the way that you are living that out. Now, finally, before we run out of time, we're not going to get through all of these, but when we get to what does it mean, we're asking a live method, what does it mean? Well, we went into this passage, what do I do? What is God's truth when I feel confused? And I love verses five and six as our central focus around the idea of what do I do when I feel really confused? When I don't know how to act, I don't know what decision to make. I'm not sure the right path. And I turn to these verses in five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I love that word lean. 
because all of us have leaned. <laughs> we've leaned against a wall. We've leaned against a fence post. We've leaned against the car. And the reality is that when God sets up this idea of trusting in him with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding, you, you just can't lean two ways at the same time. You cannot lean to the right and to the left at the exact same time. You are either leaning right or left. If you hang up a picture, it is either leaning right or leaning left when it's not central, right? So if we're going to lean into God's understanding, we are actually going to have to lean out of our own understanding. And there are times in life, like the time that we are in, where the world and the culture is so confused and so stormy that if we allow that to be what we are trying to understand with our own finite minds, we are going to stay confused. But if we take a moment in the morning, in the beginning of our day to say, God, I trust in you. I give you all my heart and I don't lean on my own understanding. I lean into you. God, you are sovereign. God, you know, you are not confused. You are not upset. You are not surprised. You knew this time would come. You understand this world and you understand me. When we begin to do that, we feel a shift in our heart where we begin to acknowledge God in all our ways. And that's what's incredible about this promise. It's like we commit to trusting in God, leaning into his understanding. And then we bring all of our ways before him, right? It says, lean into him and in all your ways, acknowledge him every single way. God, today, as I answer this email, I acknowledge you, I trust you. God, today, as I enter into this relationship, I acknowledge you and trust you. I hold it open. God, today, as I love my children, I acknowledge you and trust you. When you begin to do that, what happens often is that some of the things we'll talk about in the coming weeks, fear, anger, insecurity, they settle a little bit as you prioritize your life around God's way. And when you do that, then there comes more clarity, not clarity for the rest of your life, but clarity for today. You might not have clarity about the next big decision, but you can have clarity for today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Take a look at these commands when you ask the question, what does this mean for me? And I want to encourage you as you look at these commands to just take some time and write down the one that you need for today. Do you need to trust in God with all your heart? Write it down. Do you need to write somewhere? Do not be wise in your own eyes. And when you catch yourself leading with your ego or with arrogance or being too overly confident about your point of view, just look at that little post-it note. Don't be wise in your own eyes. <laughs> Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shine evil. Whatever the thing is that you need today, I want to encourage you to write that down, to take it with you, put it in your car, put it by your kitchen sink, put it by your Zoom call. Take that with you because that is what God has for you today. And that is the power of his word for living. Thanks for being here with me today. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. 
And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.